Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan I got a plenty from Poland but none from Sudan Or from Fiji or Uzbekistan Stamp collecting happens when we dream together Live from a search and rescue boat on Lake Mead This is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 303 Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center and nonprofit 501c3 Corporation for the Advancement of Philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Becca. And welcome, new member to the show, Samuel C. Your certificate is in the mail. And also, thank you to all the people who wished us congratulations on our 300th show. We truly could not have done it without you. So we got an, a letter in the mail from KCM from Tecum, Tuscumbia, Alabama. And uh, it says, regularly on your show, you mentioned that you are a service of the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a 501c3 organization. Yes, we do. I, do, I have a question regarding the value of a mint stamp. I've enclosed a picture of a Japan Scott's number 479 from 1949. Notice in the lower right corner the stamp's perforation is enclosed or a complete hole. The end of the two corner perforations are not broken. Does this affect the value of a mint stamp? So obviously we can't show you a picture, um, but basically what it is, is the stamp, the perf hole is complete because it tore a piece of the paper from the stamp below it. So the stamp below it obviously now has a nibbed perf, a missing perf. And that piece of paper shows up on this stamp. And I'm going to pass it around the table so everybody can see it. Did I describe that adequately? Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't uh, folded correctly. or um, So they pulled the perf from the stamp below it. Right. And so now you have sort of a big perf. Yeah, you got paper all around the perf hole in the lower right corner. And so, so what he's asking is, does that affect the value? Uh, it affects the eye appeal of the stamp because it's no longer um, symmetrical. Yeah, it's got a hunk of paper on the bottom of it. All right. And so, um, yeah, my instinct would be to uh, immediately clip that off. 
Well, I kind of wouldn't clip it. I'd fold it and right. try to tear it off because if you have like a straight scissor cut on it, it kind of looks yeah, cheesy. That shows up too, right, yeah. the perforation ends don't look don't match. So, uh, what would you do, Albert? I would do exactly what you said. I would take a pair of tongs and I would carefully crease that little extra piece of paper and then uh, and then attempt to tear it off properly. Being very careful not not to shorten the, the perf. Yeah, we already know there's a one stamp with a nib perf, right. <laughs> the one below it. By the way, this is the uh, purple geese stamp from Japan. Beautiful looking stamp. I love this this stamp. It's a large size stamp. So uh, yes, it it probably doesn't affect the value. Right, but it's it all, definitely yeah. makes it not as attractive. Right, but if you um, if you mess it up and you make a short perf, then you definitely affect the value. Yeah, that's true. Don't, so you might uh, you might have a more experienced philatelist you know that's more accustomed to doing that help you out with it. You might use something you might use something to put across the perf and as a a real thin straight edge, so to help folding, help fold that little extra piece of paper and increase it well before you try to tear it. And then you might want to tear it very, very gradually. And that's why you might have a more experienced philatelist help you out with it. Yeah. If I could share one of the tools that I have, and actually I use a bunch of them for 3D printing, but I saved one of them for my stamps. Um, spark plugs need to be gapped. And so you have these gapping sets and they go from, uh, this. the one that I had went from, uh, I think, 0.5 to 2 millimeter. One point, or point, it went from 0 0.05 to 0 0.2 millimeter. And they're just like popsicle sticks, really super thin popsicle sticks made out of metal. And I took those apart because you use them for 3D printing, but I have one for uh, my stamp collecting. And I would probably take that, which is a thin piece of metal sort of razor blade thickness. I think of like a really uh, dull razor blade. And I'd fold the piece of paper over that a couple times before I tore it, just to be on the safe side. Just something I have in my toolbox. Speaking about toolboxes, I saw this on eBay the other day. Uh, the, we use loops for measuring stamps and for looking at stamps. And I have always talked about there's this really great one with a light in it. You click it on and it lights everything up and then you look everything through the reticle. They were about 40 bucks to $45 each. They lowered the price to $29.90. And so I want to share this with everybody. Uh, on Amazon, it's called a 10X Illuminated Jewelers Loop, spelled L-O-U-P-E, magnifier with interchangeable reticle. And it's by Gain, G-A-I-N Express. They're $29.90. This is fully $10 off what they normally sell for. And this is what we use. So uh, that, whereas on the other side, the Cooltron, Coolertron uh, magnifier that we always talk about, it's up to 130 bucks again. So they raised the price? They raised the price again. Well, for Christmas, it was 160 hmm. 
But when I originally bought mine, it was 80 bucks. And then it, for Christmas, it went to 160. Now it's down to 130. Um, but they have a smaller, cheesier version, which is like 50 bucks. What makes it smaller and cheesier? Well, it's not as well made because I, I wanted to see what it was and I needed to order another of the regular ones. So I paid the 130 bucks. Uh, so I saw the one that was, and actually I think it's $40. So I went ahead and got one of those two. The base is all plastic. Whereas on the, uh, bigger one, the base is all metal. It's made out of aluminum and it's kind of flimsy, but if you don't use it that much, I guess spend 40 bucks. It doesn't give you as big a display, but you know, that may not be a problem. What do you use, Mark? Uh, I I just use my loop. Um, I I actually I have the illuminated loop, but I don't use the illumination that often because um, the batteries are a pain to um, to change. And in order to change the batteries, you have to unscrew the 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 top, which means that then you have to readjust the um, the uh, focal focal plane. You know, every time you do that. So, um, uh, so I for for lighting, I use my UV Beast um, for white and uh, and um, infrared lighting uh, or uh, ultraviolet lighting, what and and just and, and just light up with the UV Beast and then look at it through the loop. Yeah, I I agree with you. Replacing the uh, uh, batteries and everybody goes, oh well, you just refocus it, and it's like. It's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> you get your sort of sweet spot in there. Right. And then you don't want to lose it. But, uh, oh, hey, that's one thing that I should add. Order the batteries off of uh, Amazon also because I got, I think, 20 of them for $5. Yeah, they'll come on a card. Yeah. And if you buy them at, like, Walgreens... They're like $5 for two of them. Right. <laughs> They're literally 10 times cheaper on Amazon. Albert, you use, what do you use? Oh, I use, um, I use the same magnifier that Mark uses, but I also have, uh, I also use a Bausch and Lomb measuring reticle that I've always used that the Canalson people sold me years and years ago. And then I use a 10, 15, and a 20 power achromatic, um, 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 to examine stamps with, as well as a microscope or anything that's more, that's that needs more magnification. The only thing that needs the thirty and forty and fifty power are uh, when you're really looking at really looking close up at paper for repairs and things like that. That's true. How about you, Becca? You do topical mostly, but you still look at stamps. I actually usually use my magnifying glass on my phone as my way of examining stamps. Um, it lights it up and it can magnify it up to 10 times at least on your phone. Is it an app? Um, actually, uh, if you just use your camera, it can do it. Like if you're zoom, like pretend like you're zooming in on something on your camera and it'll do it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The new iPhone has a magnifier app that, um, comes with the, with the, um, upgraded, uh, operating system. And that'll light it up, obviously, because you have a light in your phone. Right. right. Oh. Exactly. Interesting. Well, shout out to a friend of the show, Wayne Youngblood. Uh, he was doing 
and I hope I'm not like spoiler alerting anything like this, but he was asking for U-561s, which is the uh, postal stationery, the 6N postal stationery for the youth. And he was looking for used ones. And obviously he was looking for contemporary used ones. And I wrote him and I said, well, I got, you know, I send my eBay stuff in them. I got literally six boxes of them that they're six cent envelopes. I bought them as discount postage for three cents each. So that was kind of like cheaper than I could buy normal envelopes for. And it has six cents in postage on them. So I thought, well, you know, he wants these. So I mailed him three of them with no additional postage <laughs> to see if they would get through. And I sent three of them and I put a letter in each one. And the letter said, if you are reading this letter, then you have the latest known usage <laughs> of a U number five, six, a U 561. And he wrote me back and said all three of them got through. And I mailed them at three different post offices, by the way, just in case. <laughs> I have my return address, everything like that. If they went postage due, returned, whatever. All three of them got through without additional postage. So now, congratulations, Wayne Youngblood. You have three six-cent envelopes used in 2021. Solo usage. Solo usage. <laughs> And the postal inspectors are on their way to your house. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I was thinking about that. And I'm going, you know, if we mention that, is the post office going to come after me or something? And it's like, well, no, they just would have charged postage due. Right. It's like the letter went through. And uh, these were issued, I think, in 1964, 65, somewhere like. So it wasn't tagged either. So that's the weird thing. There was no tagging on it. So uh, take that for what it's worth. That would explain why all those uh, counterfeits that are not tagged are getting are being used in the mail. Good, because they're not. Obviously, the the uh, whatever's canceling them is not paying attention to the tagging. Yeah, because he said that it had full. They had, well, two of them had full cancels, full dated cancels. One of them didn't but you know sometimes you just have the sort of bar across the bottom that you know the machine recognizes so i thought that was interesting are you going to keep creating latest latest known usages with this particular envelope <laughs> no I, I figure uh, this was a favor to uh, wayne to test out the system give him a little extra for those who don't know wayne youngblood is a writer he's a fantastic writer he writes for every stamp publication out there if you don't know who Wayne Youngblood is, uh, you are doing yourself a disservice by not reading his stuff. So I figure that he's going to write it up. And uh, we'll see if he mentions the latest known uses here. But, you know, that's good for a paragraph. Yep. So when, you, when he has to write 2,000 words and 200 of them can come from something I did for him, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> So, this day in history. On May 16, 1943, Howard Hughes was conducting a test flight of an experimental air seaplane when it suddenly nosedived and crushed into, cr 
crashed into Lake Mead in Nevada. The plane's propeller snapped, slicing through the fuselage and into the head of mechanic Richard Felt before embedding itself in the plane and knocking William Klein, an inspector for the Civil Aeronautics Administration, into the lake. Klein's body was never found. Hughes received a severe blow to the head, but escaped with his co-pilot, Felt, and another engineer before the plane sank. They were rescued, but Felt died two days later. And Albert, you had something to add to this. You did some research on Yes, uh, it was on the flight. They first stopped in Las Vegas, and on that portion of the flight, they were carrying the famous actress Ava Gardner. So Ava Gardner almost was in a plane crash. Right. Either that or... They were in a plane crash because they had to drop off Ava Gardner. So either she was saved or the cause of. <laughs> so anyway, we, we got talking about this and uh, we were going to speak about Howard Hughes on stamps. And uh, I found an interesting poster stamp. And poster stamps are a nice way of saying Cinderella's. They weren't actually used for postage. They were used sort of as little posters. And this one was uh, Tidal Flying. And I had no clue what Tidal is. I still don't. But they put a little stamp album together. Have you ever seen one of those, Albert? You were, you're kind of shaking your head. I've seen all, I've seen all kinds of uh, things that were done during World War II. That had that had poster stamps in it of planes. I, I probably have two or three of them still, and a number of different companies printed them up, and they for they were for helping educate the kids and also the parents to the various aircraft that that would fly over their, fly over their heads. Yeah, I I've, I have one for dinosaurs from uh, a paint company. I forget Sinclair Paint, and it has dinosaur poster stamps in it, but that's off the subject. Uh, anyway, so Tidal Flying has a stamp for the Round the World Flight in Four Days by Howard Hughes in 1938. And Albert, you, you had something about this that you looked up. Well, it was he, he broke the record by almost four days. The previous record had been held by Wiley Post. And that had been done in 1931. So um, uh, to do it in 91 hours was an an amazing feat. Yeah. And this this record, of course, wasn't broken because of what happened the next six or seven years because of World War II. It wasn't broken until after World War II. Yeah, because you'd have to fly over Germany and they would shoot you down. And (laughs) and you also had to fly over Russia and they would shoot you down, too. And as a matter of fact, they have some pretty cool covers for this uh, around the world flight. And I'm looking at one here, which you can't see, but it has ru- a Russian stamp, a French stamp, and a U.S. stamp. And then it's signed by a bunch of people, none of which are Howard Hughes. But it has a Howard Hughes cancel and everything on it. So that is, uh, it, was sh- it was actually sold at Heritage, au- Heritage Auctions. So I guess it has some significant value to it. What did the cover realize? Uh, it doesn't say here. It just shows that it sold. And it, it's a colorful, really super colorful cover. I mean, a lot of these uh, airplane flights carried 
mail in order to uh, make souvenirs that they would later sell. I had the opportunity to buy a large group of one of the last flight of the Spirit of St. Louis. And uh, Charles Lindbergh flew the Spirit of St. Louis from Puerto Rico to Haiti, or excuse me, Puerto Rico to Dominican Republic, to Haiti, to Cuba, and then to Florida. And then from Florida, the Spirit of St. Louis was put in a train and shipped up to uh, the Smithsonian Institute. So it literally was its last flight. And the funny thing is I can't sell them on eBay if they have the Cuba leg on them because if I put uh, Haiti to Cuba, they say, I'm sorry, you can't sell Cuban items and take the item down even though it has nothing to do with actual Cuba. So... So, it sounds like it sounds like you just can't sell anything with Cuba on it on on eBay, but you could probably sell it on hip stamps, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Hip stamp doesn't care. As a matter of fact, uh, and Mark, I know you sell a lot on uh, eBay, but for me, when I sell Cuban stamps, I either sell spell it C U B B A the German way, or I put Spanish uh, antique or uh, Spanish Antilles. Antilles, yeah. Spanish Antilles. He had a brain fart there. <laughs> Couldn't you also run it as KUBA? Would, they rec- would, would, would eBay recognize that? Oh, I don't think that eBay cares enough. Because that's, because that's, a, that's another spelling of, of, of Cuba that you yeah. see a lot. Yeah, because even like the U.S. overprints, you can't put 1898 U.S. possession of Cuba overprint because... They'll take it down. Oh, you got the word Cuba in there. Yeah, that's funny. I I don't have any uh, Cuba right now as as a possession, but um, at the time that I did in the possessions category, uh, you would select which um, country uh, you know that 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 you have as Puerto Rico as Cuba. If you select Cuba from eBay's drop down menu, they won't let you list it. Yeah, it's so, the same thing with Iran. You can pick Iran. They've got it right there in the menu. Category, Iran. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, why do you have it in the category then? I guess the only other country that that would rate, would, I, I assume the only other country would be that rates the same way would be North Korea. No, you can sell North Korea. You can sell North yeah, Korea. North Korea is no problem. Plus, I think it would be difficult for them to do it because you if you, the only way that they would be able to say it is you can't put DPRK because if you use the word North and you use the word Cuba, or excuse me, uh, Korea, both words are normal and Korea is perfectly allowed. I'm not exactly sure if they would be able to uh, really monitor that. However, uh, North Korean stamps, we there are not, there is not an embargo of them on the books right now. Where, whereas there is for Cuba, and Iran, and Sudan. Really? Yeah, you can't sell Sudan stamps on either. I had a British Protectorate of Sudan, and they go, sorry, can't sell them. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> this is 50 years before anything. So anyway, if you do want some Howard Hughes stamps, 
the Gambia put out a souvenir sheet for him. Uh, the Republic of Guinea has, they put out those little souvenir sheet story items. You know, they have like Loch Ness Monster and Sasquatch and everything. They put out one for Howard Hughes. And they also have a little set of six stamps that goes with it. But other than those two, I really didn't find any Howard Hughes stamps. Just as a small aside, Tidal, I found out, is a brand, or was a brand of gasoline put out by Tidewater Petroleum Company back in the 40s and the 30s. Oh, so it was a gas station company. Yes. Interesting. Oh. Tidal Flying Stamp Album of American Aviation. Yeah, they also have a picture of uh, one of the seaplanes. I wonder if that's the one that crashed into Lake Mead. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this silkcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.